It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with your radio pal, Jimmy Fallon. But he was just on the Faulkner Focus. He's got a huge day ahead of him. So it's me, your other radio pal, Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in Philadelphia. And I'd love being with you on this, uh, what is this now, Thursday. We're almost to Friday, so happy Friday Eve. And uh, Joe Biden, people are so unhappy with him. Even progressives now are putting out an ad trying to get rid of Joe Biden. It's really sad. And he yesterday he was he was reading something on a teleprompter and mumbling and screwing up his words, which, I mean, it happens every day of the week that ends in why, obviously. But uh, yesterday was particularly bad. And we've got some great audio for you as well. Plus, CNN is finally acknowledging the Twitter files, but only in the context of uh, downplaying them and essentially now whining that they didn't get access to the information that Matt Taibbi broke the story and not them. So, yeah, CNN finally acknowledging, but only in the context of saying, ah, forget them. And if you were wondering, uh, former President Donald Trump made his big announcement. Uh, he said he was teasing a major announcement. The major announcement is he is announcing uh, digital trading cards. So you can get your Trump digital trading cards, which has illustrations of him in various superhero like attire throughout his career. Ninety nine bucks a card. That was the big announcement. Didn't see that one coming. I figured he was going to be teasing his choice for the RNC chair or maybe his running mate or something. I I didn't see trading cards, but hey, you know, you can only predict so much in politics and be right. So let's begin with voters are not happy with Joe Biden. People in Texas, and I know Jimmy Fallon's got a lot of fans in Texas, and you're probably listening right now down there. They're not happy with his job performance in the past year, which is amazing, considering that every day in Texas they look across the border and they see thousands and thousands of people coming across the border. And we're about to end Title 42, which is the last stop we have to keep people from coming into this country illegally. You know, the other day, uh, the far right-wing Washington Post I make that joke, of course, because it's one of the most liberal papers, probably the most besides The New York Times. Democracy dies in darkness, after all. The Washington Post did a big story about fentanyl and how fentanyl is coming from Mexico. You know, for years, it was this idea that the drug fentanyl, which you can find in Philadelphia, where I broadcast on the streets everywhere, open air drug markets in Kensington. It's everywhere. It's killing people. It's a crisis in this country. And the real problem with fentanyl, of course, is that there, the, so much of this stuff is fugazi and it kills people. It's very, very deadly. And a lot of people are addicted to opioids and they wind up buying fentanyl because they want to get a cheap high and it is very cheap. And then they die. It's awful. Well, the Washington Post acknowledged that fentanyl is coming across the southern border. That's a big acknowledgement that, yeah, it's Mexico. And a lot of it comes from China. They make it in China. But the, the Chinese drug dealers figured out, well, we're not going to get it in through the U.S. ports. So we'll bring it into Mexico, and then we'll let the Mexican drug cartels bring it up into the United States. And the story goes that the Mexican drug cartels are actually renting Airbnbs in Southern California. And in the Airbnbs, which is, again, 
I've seen a lot of commercials for Airbnbs. Recently, I saw one from of a family living in a cave. They were staying in a cave during their vacation. I'm good. I, I'm, I, I'll camp. My wife will do the glamping thing. I'm not staying in a, in a, in a cave. I'm just not doing it. But anyway, uh, the drug dealers, the Mexican drug lords are renting Airbnbs. They're processing the fentanyl in Mexico. And then from the Airbnbs in Southern California, they are distributing it across the entire country. We at, at, at this administration simultaneously says at one point of the day, we are still in a pandemic. The best gift you can give someone this year is a covid booster shot. Leave it for them under the door. Have it delivered to them. Give it to them as a surprise at your Christmas party. Just walk up to them and you know jab them with the covid booster shot. This administration says the best thing you can do is get a booster because covid is back. Covid's on the rise. And now we have the triple pandemic of covid, the flu and RSV. But at the same time they say this, they turn around and say, the pandemic's over. We can end Title 42, which allows the people who come into this country to be sent back because we are in a public health emergency. And this is why I cannot figure out this administration, because are we in the middle of a pandemic or are we not in the middle of a pandemic? So for people living particularly down by the southern border, they see this problem very acutely. And with the exception of Fox News and talk radio, nobody talks about it. They all pretend like it's fine. Philadelphia is going to be receiving two more busloads of migrants sent from Texas. And I say good, because you know what? For years, Philadelphia has been calling itself a sanctuary city. Our mayor did a dance when the courts ruled that we could be a sanctuary city. So you enable these policies. Well, now you have to take in the people. And they act like, oh, it's no problem. We'll take the migrants. No, no, please, we're happy to do it. Please, that's a joke. If you were happy to do it, you would have been doing it. But you're only doing it now because you're being forced to take in these people because Governor Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis are giving you no choice. They are making you take them, as they should. Because, yeah, if you're going to absolutely push the policies that will allow people to come to this country, then you got to bear the burden. Why should just the border towns in Texas have to deal with it? They shouldn't. Uh, one woman who actually gave the president a B was happy with his student loan forgiveness plan. She said a lot of millennials and younger generations don't have access to housing or purchasing their own home or achieving certain financial goals that older generations were able to do. And the student debt bill definitely helps to aid that financial burden. So you see Joe Biden with his massive payoff of billions of dollars still only gets the guy a B. I mean, I remember back in college, if you're going to bribe somebody to write a paper for you, you would expect an A at least. So if you're going to bribe people billions of dollars to give you a good grade as president, you would expect you'd get at least an A minus. You would think. One woman gave Biden an F or a D minus that I don't really think that he's made strong decisions to progress our country forward in terms of our economy. A voter who recently moved from D.C. to Austin gave Biden a C, telling Fox News, I'm a little bit disappointed in the economy. Inflation has really picked up. <laughs> you just noticed that? Wow. Look at you, Mr. Observant, huh? Captain Obvious. According to a recent AP Nork poll, Biden's approval rating sat at 43 percent, while 28 percent of American adults said the country was headed in the wrong direction. Even progressives are getting fed up with him. The left-wing group Roots Action recently released an ad. Ad in New Hampshire, which, of course, is 
used to be, and still is in many ways, one of the most important early states in the presidential primary process. It features local voters giving a variety of reasons of why they want someone else representing Democrats in the 2024 election. Now, you know, when you've lost your own party, you have a major problem. He's lost the country, but you would think he'd at least keep his own base, that he would at least have his own people there, but he doesn't. This is the ad, Don't Run Joe, Cut One. With his low popularity, it's way too much of a gamble. If he runs, the election is at serious risk. Joe Biden representing the status quo in 2024 simply won't cut it. We can't afford to risk the White House or a Republican who could defeat status quo Joe. The threat of the GOP has become all too obvious. The stakes could not be higher. Our ideas are way more popular than Joe Biden is. Joe Biden running undermines the Democratic Party's chances in 2024. There's no question that we have a climate emergency. It's a question of willingness to do something about it. It's not the time for half measures. All Americans need universal health care now. There's no room to compromise when our abortion rights are on the line. We can't afford to lose. Don't run, Joe. 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 Wow. These are his people. You know, typically in presidential politics, the president doesn't have to worry, really doesn't have to worry about a challenge because he's got the support of the party, he controls the party. But in this case now, the progressive base is so fired up and angry at him, which is amazing because this guy has not governed as a moderate in any way, shape or form. But they don't like the fact that as progressive as Joe Biden has been and anybody who thought they were getting a moderate in Joe Biden is sadly mistaken. But they are so upset by the fact that he's not as far left as they want him to be, which from my perspective, I just wonder how much more left can you get at this point? The border's wide open. The guy's spending like a drunken sailor. Yesterday it was pledging billions and billions of dollars to Africa. We have spent trillions of dollars since the guy's been in office. What more do you want? He's been probably the most progressive president we've had, well, since the last progressive president, Barack Obama. But it's still not enough for their base. And it really what it comes down to is they know that Joe Biden's unpopular. They know that Joe Biden can't win because he can't even really speak. But here's a little montage that Fox News Digital put together. Texas residents, they're not happy with Joe Biden. Cut three. How would I grade Joe Biden on his overall performance in the last year? What's lower than an F? I would give Biden a B plus for his performance in the past year. Probably uh, F minus. Um, I'll give him a C. I'll go with C. Um, I mean, not too well. Um, probably like an F. I would give him a solid B. Like an F minus. I don't really think that he's made strong um, decisions to progress our country forward in terms of like our economy. I'm a little bit disappointed in the economy. Um, inflation uh, has really picked up. Every time somebody questions him with anything, it just it's very dismissive or, oh, it's getting better or, oh, it was like this before I got here. Mm. Ouch. F minus. That's almost an ABC G. That's almost a G. Wow. But you can understand why, because at the heart of this is they want to win and preserve power and they don't think Joe Biden can win. I asked a question a few minutes ago. I said, well, how much more progressive can the guy get? Probably not much more, but he can't win because he can't speak. And that's the problem. That's why they want him gone. Here's a little example of this. Joe Biden was at the U.S. Africa Leaders Summit and he talked about the Prosper Africa deal room and 
I don't even know what he's... I have no idea what he's saying here. We need a translator like Rosetta Stone or something. Cut two. For all of you in this room uh, for making this form a success, <laughs> particularly in Prosper Africa, deal room. That sounds like something that we shouldn't be saying. Proper, you know, Prosper Africa, deal room. I kept asking, where's, where's the deal room? I think I'm looking at it. Uh, folks... Uh, Oof, just brutal. This left-wing group that released this ad, you know, if you really probe this a little bit, it's because his low popularity is way too much of a gamble. That's the key here. His low popularity is way too much of a gamble. If he runs, the election is at serious risk. You could take Joe Biden's policies, and Bernie Sanders has essentially the exact same policies. So does Elizabeth Warren. There's no difference because Biden promised he was going to be a moderate. But from day number one, when he got in there, killed the Keystone XL pipeline, started spending trillions on COVID relief, he became the most progressive president, at least since Barack Obama, obviously. But probably one of the most progressive presidents in history. He wanted to become the next FDR. But the American people have rejected him because he's been a failure. And progressives know if he runs, he loses. If he runs, he loses. That's the real reason why they want him gone. He's been all in on climate. He's been going after and shutting down drilling. He's been doing everything they want. But what they want is somebody who can win. And these people are at least smart enough to recognize that that's not Joe Biden. 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela and your radio buddy, Rich Zioli from Philadelphia. In for my radio buddy and yours, Jimmy. We'll be right back. The show that sees through the bullet. My response is right, you know, and the stripper really likes you. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Precise, personal, powerful. It's America's weather team in the palm of your hands. Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy will be on Hannity tonight, so make sure you tune in for that. Every time this guy is on, he's a ratings monster. He is. It's the Fallon effect. He's a ratings monster. So uh, make sure you tune in tonight to see Jimmy on Hannity. And in the meantime, it's me, Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia, where I do the afternoon drive show. And uh, Jimmy's my pal, and he's your pal, and... So that makes me pals with you. We're pals. We're buds. So thanks for being here today. 888-788-9910 is the number. Ezra is calling from Atlanta. Ezra, you are on Fox Across America. Good afternoon. Just as a side comment, I was at the uh, uh, Liberty Bell recently, and the only flags they sell are made in China. So we got to fix that. But the reason mm. I'm calling is I've got a great scenario for Trump and the Republican Party because of my fear is – he doesn't get a nomination. He's going to split the party. It's going to be like another Ross Perot thing. He's not moderate enough to get the conservative liberals, if there's such a thing, the independents and the moderates. So we got to support DeSantis. So what I would suggest is January 1st, 2023, they elect him as head or president or whatever you want to call it, Speaker of the House, excuse me, because you don't need to be an elected official to be in that role. So he could go in there take a year to take his uh, battle axe and go and get Hillary and Hunter and the whole filth 
on that side and fix campaign reform. So I think that would blow the Democrats' minds, make Trump head of the House. What do you think? Well, it would certainly blow their minds. I don't know if it's actually going to happen because here's the issue that you're dealing with. And you're right. He does not have to be a member of the House of Representatives to be elected speaker. Mm -hmm. Um, But Kevin Mm -hmm. McCarthy really wants it. And their gigantic egos, I, I don't know if they would give it up. You know what I mean? But you're right. It would it would then neutralize him from running for president, which then, you know, I, I, I agree with you. I think DeSantis is certainly it seems like everybody is, is going down that road. But look, you never know. I can't predict these things. We'll see how it goes. Kevin McCarthy says he's got the votes. There's going to be a challenge mm-hmm. to his speakership. Who knows? You know, we'll see what happens. Well, but need- yeah, go ahead. Instead of just flapping their gums about it, though, you know what I mean? I'm tired of hearing about it. Let's go out and, and get them. All right, Ezra, thanks for the call and you have a Merry Christmas. Thank you. Thank you for calling Fox Across America. Yeah, look, I mean, I, you know, I, 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 I never I, I've been in politics a long time before I got into talk radio. The egos on these people and Kevin McCarthy wants to be speaker. I don't I don't see him giving that up for Trump. He's going to fight like hell for it. If he doesn't become speaker, I'd be shocked because it seems like he's got the votes right now. So but nobody who's at the the precipice of getting that kind of power is probably going to turn around and give it up. It's just, it's just the reality. So, but yeah, no, I, I, I've heard that scenario before. And I think what it represents is a real genuine sense that the Republican party cannot withstand a major bloody primary between Trump and DeSantis. And yeah, there's a lot of people worried that if Trump's the nominee, we're going to lose. You know, I, I think it depends on a couple of factors if the economy is this way in 2024, I, I think a Republican wins regardless because I, I just don't see people voting to keep these policies. It, and you can't judge what happened on the election in November with a presidential election because, remember, House seats, Senate races, these are local elections. And it's very different than a presidential election. They're, they're, it's just a whole different animal. So I'm not in the camp that says he he definitely loses if he's a nominee in 2024. I I think it's ridiculous to make a prediction like that. But I hear that a lot from people. And in their mind, we have to start fresh with a DeSantis. But obviously, that's going to be Trump's decision. He's going to make that decision, and, you know, nobody else is going to make it for him. All right, we have a lot more to come here on Fox Across America. we got some great guests coming up. But coming up, even Gavin Newsom is admitting the border is a problem. And what about that cover-up with the FTX bro? You know the guy I'm talking about. Why is it the feds announced the charges when they announced the charges? This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. It's Rich Zioli in for Jimmy. We're coming right back. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Jimmy will be on with Hannity tonight, so make sure you tune into that. And it's me, Rich Zioli, with you from WPHD in Philadelphia, where I host the Afternoon Drive Show in the sanctuary city of Philadelphia, where our carjackings are now approaching. Let's see. I have a spy who sends me all the crime data. Are you interested in this? I think you should be, because uh, what's happening in Philly is happening in liberal cities across the country right now. We're about to break over 500 homicides. There you go. And uh, when it comes to carjackings, we're looking at about 1,300 carjackings so far this year. 1,300.
100. So much so that the city of Philadelphia has actually put out guidelines for people to be safe and to not get carjacked. And they they put out all kinds of dumb things like, well, number one, don't be in a car. I mean, that's basically the only guidance you can give these days if you want to avoid getting carjacked in Philadelphia is just don't be in a car. They, but they tell people, don't leave the car running, all right? Don't leave the key fob in it, all right? Uh, if, if somebody approaches you, don't open the window, right? Uh, all these, these, these things. But for a lot of people who are delivery drivers, for example, you're driving, you're delivering Uber Eats, you're delivering Grubhub, whatever, or people that are couriers or messengers or you're just trying to find a place to park. And, yeah, it just takes a few seconds for somebody to walk over with a gun and, you know, the best advice is, of course, just give them the car because it's insured, most likely, and you can get it replaced, but you can't get your life replaced. But the fact that we have to tell people that is really, really frustrating, as you can imagine. But this is this is blue America. And what we also have, of course, is a sanctuary city in Philadelphia. Our mayor actually danced and said, we are we are a sanctuary city. Yeah. When the courts ruled in his favor. True story. We also have uh, Columbus, the statue of Christopher Columbus, which I kid you not, up until two days ago, was in a box. Because our mayor, Jim Kenney, who's so woke, decided that we should box up the statue of Christopher Columbus because the mere sight of it would be offensive to people. So they built a wooden box around it. And the courts ruled recently, take take the box down, this, this stupid Columbus in a box is... You know, there's Jack in a box, but Columbus in a box is ridiculous. So now you can see the Christopher Columbus statue. Of course, if seeing it is going to trigger you and like the end of the Raiders of the Lost Ark, your faces are going to just start melting off and, you know, don't look at it, Marion. Look away. Look away. That's up to you. But otherwise, the statue is is there for all to see. And for the Italian Americans in Philadelphia, they're very happy about that. Because they've worked hard, uh, particularly to have a guy who is is there to represent the contributions of Italian-Americans, not there to celebrate the slaughter of indigenous people or the spread of polio or any of the other nonsense the left puts out. The truth is we have Columbus Day because uh, Italians were being victimized. It was the biggest lynching in American history that happened in New Orleans of Italian-Americans. And the president at the time said we got to do something to honor Italians and let people know that they're decent people and they're helping to build this country. So they thought about it, who would be a good representation, and they picked Columbus. And that's how we got Columbus Day in this country. But, you know, there's a cancel culture out there that will never be happy and they're triggered by you know everything obviously so there we have it uh i saw this now this ftx guy this sam bankman freed and the fact that he's now been arrested and he's facing all kinds of federal charges is not surprising to me but what is surprising to me is the timing of all this so the other day i was i was out to lunch with some friends and came back and i saw this i got this alert sam bankman freed uh, will be officially arrested, arraigned, and blah, blah, blah. And they have this big press conference about it. And the feds all show up. They're all there, representing all the agencies. But the thing about it is that the very next day, Sam Bankman-Fried, the crypto bro, who's a total slob, by the way. He makes John Fetterman look classy. This guy was supposed to testify before the House of Representatives. He was supposed to testify under oath. And he was going to tell them everything. His testimony even included a line, I know that I effed up. And he was going to go through it all. But yet, the feds jumped in and charged him the day before he was going to talk. Now, who does that? Why would you do that? 
Well, obviously, the answer is you would do that if you're trying to shut somebody up, which is typically the role of a defense attorney. Well, think about it, right? If you're about to face charges for something, if you've been accused of something, your attorney's going to call you up and say, you say nothing. And you go, well, I haven't been charged or anything. Doesn't matter. Everything you say can and will be used against you. So you say nothing. You say nothing. If, if you're charged, you say nothing if you're not charged. You, have, you are going to be accused of doing these heinous crimes. You do not speak. You have a Fifth Amendment right of, against self-incrimination. You take it and you shut up, period. That's what a defense attorney does. But a prosecutor wants you to talk. I mean, think about it. Every police movie you've ever seen, every cop movie you've ever seen, and I'm the son of a cop, so I've seen a lot of them. In every one of those movies, what do they do? They sit around and they try to get the guy to talk. They try to get the guy to talk. They 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 encourage him to do it. They say, you know, things would be a lot easier for you if you talk. And if the guy's talking, they let him talk. But the minute you charge him with these serious crimes, Obviously, a lot of people are going to turn around and say to him, you can't say anything now because you're facing 115 years in federal prison without a chance of parole. And that becomes very real and very scary to somebody. But you know, and I know, there's a whole lot more to this story. Because, yes, this guy scammed people, and, yes, this might be bigger than Enron, and, yes, this guy may be the biggest Ponzi scheme since the last Ponzi scheme, and all those things you've heard. The mini Madoff, as uh, Jesse Waters calls him. But but here's the thing. He's also the second biggest Democrat donor besides George Soros. You know that. But here's what none of us know. Who got the money? Where did all the money go? And we know it went to the to the pockets of Democrats. But which ones? See, my theory goes like this. Uh, he was going to show up in front of the House of Representatives. He's going to testify, and he's going to name names. And the Republicans were going to get him to name names. They were going to ask him, anybody in this committee take your money? Anybody here in this room? Under oath, tell us. And how much money did you give Joe Biden? How much money did you give Joe Biden's candidacy? There's a lot of people hurting right now who've lost millions of dollars in this scam. The money... Went where? The money went to the pockets of Democrats. Democrats running for office. How much? Miranda Devine has a great piece on this in the New York Post.com. She says, the curious timing of scammy Sam Bankman Fried's crypto bust. When alleged crypto fraudster Sam Bankman Fried finished testifying at a congressional hearing last December, Democrat Maxine Waters, chair of the House Financial Services Committee, blew him a kiss as he walked by. And why not? Since the shambolic 30-year-old former multi-billionaire is acknowledged to be the second biggest donor to the Democrats, he helped bankroll Joe Biden into the White House and had promised to donate a billion dollars to help the party win the 2024 presidential election. There are those, such as Elon Musk, who allege that SBF, as he is called, already has funneled a billion dollars of stolen customer funds to Democrat causes via various dark money Packs. Others on Wall Street put the number lower at maybe $500 million. Perhaps that was the entire point of FTX, at least in the end. It was a scam. It was three-card Monty. It was a way to get money to Democrats. It was the ultimate scam. Now that the jittery video game addict faces federal charges in Manhattan of money laundering and campaign finance violations, wire security fraud, all of it, 
it probably should be no surprise that he was a no-show for what would have been very hostile questioning at the House Financial Services Committee presided over by his fairy godmother, Maxine Waters. And obviously he's going to be a no-show because his parents are attorneys. They're Stanford law professors. So they were going to come out and say to him, you shouldn't talk. But he was going to talk. But now when you're facing real federal charges, it's one thing when it's in the it's in the ether. You know, maybe you'll get charged. Maybe you won't. He's thinking, I got a lot of friends. I got, you know what I mean? But when you're actually facing those charges, when you've been read your rights, when you when you are told what the sentences carry, and in this case, multiple multiple sentences carrying decades in prison, adding up to over 115 years, you could die behind bars. Now, suddenly, when your attorney parents are speaking to you, they're saying to you, do you understand now why we're telling you to shut up? Do you want to spend the rest of your life in prison? Do you want to die behind bars? No? Then you need to say nothing. And you can't go testify before the House Financial Services Committee. So now I have to ask the question, was that the design? Was that the plan all along? And you know the answer to that, right? Ah, you can't fool the Corleone. Of course it was. Of course that's why they arrested him. Of course that's why they charged him. This was a way to cover up for the Democrats who took his money. This was a way to cover up for Joe Biden who took his money. They want to keep this guy quiet. And sure to pull a Jeffrey Epstein in prison, this is the way they can guarantee it, by charging him. Only in that scenario do prosecutors charge a guy knowing the guy's going to shut up, right? Otherwise, you let the guy talk. You let him talk under oath in front of the House Financial Services Committee, singing like a canary, on camera, on video, on audio, saying everything, answering the questions. He, wa- he would waive his Fifth Amendment rights and he would talk under oath. And the only people that stop that from occurring are the prosecutors who charged him. In other words, the United States of America stepped in and stopped Sam Bankman Freed from singing like a canary. They did the work of his defense attorneys. It's amazing. Miranda Devine says, you know, so Maxine Waters was very disappointed that SBF couldn't appear, but the hearing would struggle on. Hearing from FTX's new bankruptcy CEO, John Ray III, about the extraordinary lax record keeping in what he called a paperless bankruptcy. I never in my career have I seen such a complete failure of corporate controls. Never in my life. Huh? This is what he said exactly. Uh, Actually, let me play this for you. This is Kevin O'Leary. On Capitol Hill, recalls confronting Sam Bakeman Freed and wondering, where's the money? Cut seven. After my accounts were stripped of all of their assets and all of the accounting and trade information, I couldn't get answers from any of the executives in the firm, so I simply called Sam Bankman Freed and said, where is the money, Sam? He said he had been refused access to the servers. He no longer knew. I said, okay, let's step back. This is a simple case in my mind of where did the money go? And I said, Sam, walk me back 24 months. Tell me the use of proceeds of the assets of your company. Where did you spend it? Where did you spend it? Exactly. Where did you spend it? Now, he continues on Capitol Hill, and he recalls asking him what would compel him to make those purchases. And where's the money? Where's all of these things? Cut eight. And then he told me about a transaction that occurred over the last 24 months, the repurchase of his shares from 
Binance, his competitor. I didn't know this at the time, but at some point, CZ or Binance, who runs Binance, purchased 20% ownership in Sam Bankman-Fried's firm for seed stock. And then, over time, and I asked him, what would compel you to spend $2 billion was the number he was giving me at that time. Later, in a subsequent conversation, about 24 hours later, he told me it could have been as much as $3 billion to buy back the shares from CZ. I asked him, what would compel you to do that? Where is the money? Where are the documents? Where is the paper trail? Where are all these things? Where are these things? And that's the thing. I don't think they were there for a reason. I don't think they were there for a reason. Because the truth is, and you know and I know, that they didn't want a paper trail. Because this whole thing was a scam to give Democrats money. That's the reality. I've got a lot more on this for you. We're just getting warmed up. If you want to weigh in on this, what do you think about the SBF case? Do you think they charged him to get him to shut up? Weigh in. 888-788-9910. This is Fox Across America. Rich in for Jimmy. We're coming right back. You're listening to the best dad on the radio. Can't believe you forgot my birthday. You're with Jimmy Fallon on Fox Across America. across america with your radio pal jimmy Fallon. jimmy is off today but he'll be on hannity tonight so make sure you tune in you can tweet me at rich zioli if you like r-i-c-h-z-e-o-l-i i just retweeted jimmy on twitter who tweeted out anyone who wants to ban the word pedophile because it's unfair to pedophiles is probably a pedophile which is very very true make sure you follow jimmy as well at jimmy Fela. uh so back to the curious timing of all this of why they busted sam bankman and freed you know you would think if you're a prosecutor you would want to see him testifying under oath for hours and you're just making notes right but the excuse the media floated of course was that he was a fright a flight risk oh yeah he was a flight risk but his own mother who's the attorney laughed out loud at her son's extradition hearing tuesday when he was called a fugitive Former prosecutors spelled a rat. Republican William Timmons of South Carolina, a member of the committee, called the timing of the arrest bizarre. He said, I've prosecuted white-collar cases. The thought of getting six hours of congressional grilling for the target of an investigation or a defendant, that would be great for my case. He said, you could have delayed this weeks if you wanted to. This was a decision made by somebody at the Department of Justice to prevent Sam Bankman-Fried from coming here. It wasn't just Republicans who thought the timing of the arrest was suspicious. Even Democrat Jake Oshenclaus of Massachusetts asked the question, do we have your commitment that if you find any evidence of improper collusion between Mr. Bankman-Fried and any authorities in the Bahamas or elsewhere, you will make that known to us? Absolutely, said the FBI director. But honestly, how will we ever know? Republican John Rose of Tennessee dryly described the timing as interesting and took a well-deserved swipe at the Securities and Exchange Commission Chairman Gary Gensler. He said, quote, as a recovering attorney, it makes me wonder why a prosecutor would not want to potentially add lying to Congress to accompany the list of charges against Mr. Bankman Freed. It also makes me wonder why the SEC waited until today to file its own charges. Chairman Gensler has failed at his job and failed to protect investors. But the Democrat majority has failed to have him testify to the committee for over 14 months. 
He's the former finance chair of Hillary Clinton's 2016 presidential campaign, and he actually personally has a lot to explain about the collapse of FTX. Miranda Devine asked the question, why, for instance, did he meet with Sam Bankman-Fried twice over the past year, the head of the SEC? Unprecedented access for the target of major fraud. And why did Gensler scrub from his public calendar details of meetings with his old boss, Hillary Clinton, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, and Democrat donor George Soros? There's a lot to this, and it stinks to high heaven. This was a scam to get him to shut up so he couldn't name names under oath of who got his money. Who got the money that he scammed out of people's pockets? This is a cover-up. Republicans need to investigate it. They need to name names. And I hope when they take control in January, we will get the oversight we deserve, because we deserve it. Because once again, this is an example of federal law enforcement engaging in politics to affect the outcome. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It's me, Rich Zioli from WPHT in Philadelphia. We got so much more to come. The Border, up next. Let's talk about it. Coming right back. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Indeed it is, and your radio buddy Jimmy Fela is off today, but on Hannity tonight. So make sure you tune in for that. And I'm Jimmy's radio buddy, which makes me your radio buddy, Rich Zioli from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in Philadelphia. Great to be with you this afternoon. A lot going on. We got some great guests coming up in the show as well. And we'd love to hear from you. 888-788-9910 is the phone number. At uh, a little bit after 1.30, we'll talk to Tom Holman, of course, former acting ICE director. And we'll talk about the border with him. Plus, in the 2 o'clock hour, the incredibly lovely and talented Dr. Nicole Sapphire will join me as we talk about everything regarding covid because obviously if you watch the news now the the left is doing what the left always does which is try to scare people that covid is back you better mask up again you better stay away from people and you better get boosted and you better hand out shots and this is what they do of course but i i've learned a couple things recently of course which is that uh, uh dr fauci and I don't know if you know this or not, but under the law, you have to say, whenever you say his name, you have to say the following. The nation's leading infectious disease doctor. That is by law. You have to say that. Because if you ever watch him on TV or they ever mention his name, they always say that. They go, Dr. Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. Because you have to say that by law. He's also granted sainthood, as you know. He's a santo, a santo Fauci. And a santo Fauci has some explaining to do, which I hope he will do when the Republicans take control in January. Because there's new emails showing all this coordination between his office, EcoHealth Alliance, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and gain-of-function research. In fact, there was a paper that came out recently. That showed that when you look at the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which is what they call COVID-19, you know, COVID-19, his friends call him COVID-19, but it's SARS-CoV-2 is the actual official name of the virus. But if you look at it and you study it closely, as certain virologists have done, you find something very interesting about it. And here's what you find. You find that the actual virus and the furin cleavage site in the spike protein of the virus, most resembles one in a genetically manipulated mares virus that was adapted to human cells in vitro in 2017. 
You remember the MERS virus, Middle East Respiratory Syndrome virus. In other words, here's here's what that means. The, the, the short speak of that is in 2017, they took the Middle Eastern Respiratory Virus and they started playing games with it. Reindeer games, uh, gain of function games. And why would they do this? Because they wanted to see if they could make it more virulent. This is what gain of function research is all about. It's creating Frankenstein to then set him loose to go destroy the village for the purposes of figuring out how you can stop Frankenstein. Now, obviously, you would say, well, just don't mess with nature. Don't don't create Frankenstein's monster. There's no reason to. If if a Frankenstein monster comes along one day, well, we'll figure out how to deal with it. But do we actually have to create the monster for the purposes of defeating him? Because what if he gets out? And that's what happened here. They were messing with this. They were messing with this virus, the Middle Eastern Respiratory Virus. And they created this new SARS-CoV-2 virus in the Wuhan Institute of Virology. I'm convinced of it. And I'm convinced that people who paid for it completely goes back to Dr. Anthony Fauci's office and the gain-of-function research, EcoHealth Alliance, and all of this stuff. All of it. Yes, that's right. But, as you can imagine, you, me, we're all wondering when this ends. And I don't know when it ends. It probably never ends, and here's why. The money, that's why. You always follow the money in life. You know, Jimmy's a street smart guy. Obviously, he was a cab driver. He's got a cop who's a brother. I'm a street smart guy. You know, in life, it comes down to the very simple explanation. Follow the money. Follow the fuzzles. And in this case, the money is completely under the control of Joe Biden, as long as we have a pandemic. He can do whatever he wants. He can spend whatever he wants. He can ignore Congress. He can spend trillions more. He can cancel student loan debt. He can do whatever he wants as long as we are in the middle of a pandemic because nobody can stop him. It's a public health emergency. They asked Fauci the other day. They said, are we in a public health emergency? He said, oh, yeah, no, yeah. Well, so the pandemic's still here. Yeah, no, no, it's not over yet. No, it's still here. They don't want to give up control. Please, these people will never give up control. Never. But I'm telling you, as long as we could look into the origins of all of this, if we can get to the bottom of it, I will be a happy man. And I'm hoping that the Republicans can do that when they take control in January. But I want to return to the Sam Bankman-Fried story for a moment because there's a lot more audio that I want to get to. And this is the the other point of the oversight here when the Republicans take control. They've already announced they're going to do a couple of investigations. The coordination between big tech and the Bidens, big tech and the Democrats, and Sam Bankman-Fried and the money that he gave out. This is what we need to know. Sam Bankman-Fried said, he was on the Unusual Whales podcast. I got to say, I haven't heard of that one, the Unusual Whales podcast. I, I try to be up on all the hip podcasts, but that one must have slipped by me. But he was on the Monday before the arrest. And the only thing that he was worried about was not incriminating himself. It was something else. Cut 10. I'm uh, quite overbooked and was not planning uh, to be testifying until like very recently. But from a security standpoint, I, I feel like um, I, I sort of respect as much as I could for something like this, where people are coming from on this. Um, it's very difficult for me to move right now and travel because just like the paparazzi effect is quite large. I'm not sure. You see that? 
the paparazzi. That was his big concern, the paparazzi, not incriminating himself before the House. No, he was more than happy to do that, more than happy to do that. There was no record keeping. See, when John Ray, who's the acting CEO now of FTX, he's the new CEO, when he testified, and this is why the scam is so rich, because you would think there'd be all kinds of paper trails to connect to these Democrats who took the money. Nope. Ungats, there was nothing. There were no paper trails. This is what John Ray, the new CEO of FTX, said on Capitol Hill, under oath, cut 12. This one is unusual, and it's unusual in the sense that Literally, you know, there's no record keeping whatsoever. It's the absence of record keeping. Employees would communicate, you know, invoicing and expenses on on Slack, which is, you know, essentially a, a you know, a way of communicating for chat rooms. Uh, they use QuickBooks, a multi-billion dollar company using QuickBooks. QuickBooks? QuickBooks. Uh, nothing against QuickBooks. Very nice tool. Just not for a multi-billion dollar company. Uh, there's no independent board, right? We, we had one person really controlling this. Uh, no independent board. That's highly unusual in a size company. Yeah, that is very unusual, unless it's not. I mean, it is, but maybe it's by design. Of course it's by design. They don't want a paper trail connecting this money that he scammed out of investors to the pockets of Democrats. Obviously. This is a Republican member of Congress, Ann Wagner, from Missouri on the House Financial Services Committee, reacting to the arrest. And just to show you that this isn't some crazy conspiracy theory, that I think that this was a cover-up designed to shut him up for the purposes of getting him not to speak, to, to not incriminate himself, to not name names, cut 13. We would have liked to have had an opportunity to question uh, Mr. Bankman Freed. I think he would have further indicted himself. FTX had had absolutely no risk management, no accounting processes, uh, no business insurance, no secure messaging, not even a, an employee listing. And the employees they did have, just a handful, had no experience. So I maintain the SEC had the tools as stated by Chair Gensler on numerous occasions, to actually go after FTX and begin investigating, and they did nothing. Well, over a million people lost billions of dollars, their life investments, their, their, their retirements, their futures, their businesses. Yeah. It's uh, egregious. Yeah, it is absolutely egregious. She continued, too, on the scandal and what happened and, and also the arrest, too, and why this occurred and how the other big conspiracy that I think is happening here, which is not a conspiracy, but they'll call it a conspiracy. I think this was also a cover up for the failure of the Securities and Exchange Commission to rein this guy in. Remember, he was giving the money to all these Democrats for what reason? Because he's a nice guy. Because he really cares about the cause? No, he wanted them off his back. And he wanted them to use their regulatory powers to go after his enemies, to stop his competitors. That's why the regulations really only seem to apply to them. He gave all this money out, was the second biggest Democrat donor, and they left him alone. But they targeted his, his competitors. That in and of itself is a major scandal. Cut 14. It should never have happened. I am very, very concerned that the uh, Securities and Ex Exchange Commission chair, Chair Gensler, and frankly the House Democrats have been asleep at the wheel on this for months and months and, and years. 
Chair Gensler, the chairman of the Securities and Exchange Commission, has said on numerous occasions that he had the tools to regulate these trading platforms. And he, he even stated last May that the commingling of funds was absolutely uh, something that, that needed to be stopped. But he did nothing. He did absolutely nothing. And today we heard testimony from the CEO uh, of FTX, uh, the bankruptcy CEO, uh, John Ray, who was very, very transparent and forthcoming yeah. with us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. There you go. There's a lot to this. Uh, I. It's not often I have to give Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez credit. The movie star. You heard about her documentary, right? What a smash success this was. She did a climate change documentary, and they put it in movie theaters across the country. And the showing bombed so badly, it averaged out to 80 dollars a movie theater 80 bucks now you know that if you've been to the movies lately that's two people going to the movies with popcorn snacks and drinks and everything like that so 80 bucks per theater this is the uh the, the superstar of the left the it girl the one who's going to be president someday they love her oh and she's out there and she's so woke and pretty and always on tv and all the talk shows and the magazine covers her movie bombed 80 bucks a theater is what it came out to be. A massive loss and a massive embarrassment for her. But on this issue, she's right. She was asked the question about should these donations be returned to the investors, something the White House would not comment on, by the way. Cut 11. Do you think those should be returned to investors and customers who used FTX as opposed to donating now that he's yeah. accused of fraud? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I don't fault... Um I don't fault individuals, you know, or, who were who donated those funds because I I don't know if they had full transparency at that time because the, those donations were made like in the midst of that fallout. Uh, but I do believe that the rightful place, if anybody needs to make decisions about that in the future, uh, I do believe that the rightful place is for that money to be returned to the defrauded investors. Mm. Well. Good. I mean, rare times actually agree with her on this point, but she's absolutely correct. Uh, even Senator Elizabeth Warren had an exchange with Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, this is again, the uh, this is the guy here. This exchange on currencies being used for crimes for years. Now, before I, I, I play the, the uh, audio of this, I want you to think about how big this cover up can actually go. Think about how how big this cover up can go. When all of the people involved here and there's no money trail, nothing, and there's 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 zero record keeping and all these Democrats probably got the money in ways that were completely illegal and in violation of federal campaign finance laws. So keep that in mind here as you as you play this clip. Cut number nine. If banks and uh, Western unions said they shouldn't have to follow any money laundering rules, so that they could make more money, they could improve their profitability. Um, what would our country say and what does every country around the world in the financial system say? I take issue, Senator, with your concept that it makes it easier to do money laundering. Currencies have been used for drug trafficking since, since the 60s in the American dollar when it was thrown out of a pipe or aircraft in a duffel bag. The American dollar is also used by bad actors all the time. I'm just saying if you know your client rules on both sides of the transaction and use a, a crypto such as USDC that is regulated, you solve this problem, Senator, overnight. 
But why wasn't FTX regulated? Ah, there's the question. All right, we got a lot more to come. The border is a mess, a disaster, as you know. We'll talk to Tom Holman about it. This is Fox Across America coming right back. It's the show that leaves you hungry for more. We'll probably sit around and cook some soup, eat bread and desserts, and just get all fat and sassy. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy is off today, but he'll be on Hannity tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD in Philadelphia, where I host the Afternoon Drive show every day. And you can tweet me, if you like, at Rich Zioli, R-I-C-H-Z-E-O-L-I. Excited to talk to Dr. Nicole Sapphire next hour. Got a lot to chat with her about, so fired up for that but we're going to talk to tom homan coming up next about the border because as you know the border is a mess and even california governor gavin newsom is warning about the impact uh ending title 42 will actually have on this country even gavin the hair newsom and boy is his hair beautiful i mean is it not you can say whatever you want about the guy He's a progressive kook, and he destroyed his state during COVID. Uh, But his hair is just absolutely fantastic. Anyway, uh, even he is warning about the effects of ending Title 42 on on the border. And this is a big, big deal. He told ABC News earlier this week, quote, The fact is... What we've got right now is not working and is about to break in a post-42 world unless we take some responsibility and ownership. I'm saying that as a father. I'm saying that as someone that feels responsible for being part of the solution, and I'm trying to do my best here. I mean, this is the progressive kook governor of California admitting that if we end Title 42 in this country, we are going to have an even bigger crisis at a magnitude we can barely even acknowledge. That is something really big right now. He even goes on. He says that the United States is sending illegal migrants to California because they know the state is taking care of people. He says, we're already at capacity at nine of our sites. We can't continue to fund all these sites because of the budgetary pressures now being placed on this state and the offsetting issues that I have to address. The reality is, unless we're doing what we're doing, people will end up on the streets. And, of course, you already have a massive homeless problem in California. As you know, in San Francisco, you got to make sure you don't step in it. Because if you could step in it, then you know, you know exactly what I mean right there. This is the problem. This is what we're dealing with right now. And when you end Title 42, it is going to be a disaster. But nevertheless, they, they, they say the border's fine. Here's a little montage for you of Alejandro Mayorkas, the DHS secretary who got a very chilly reception today on Capitol Hill, insisting the border is secure. Cut 15. border is secure. The border, um, we are working to make the border more secure. That has been a historic challenge. Secretary Mayorkas, do you continue to maintain that the border is secure? Yes, and we are working day in and day out to enhance its security, Congressman. There you go. (laughs) The border is secure. Amazing, right? All right, we got a lot to talk about in the next segment on Fox Across America. Tom Holman will be my guest, so you better stay right there. We're coming right back.
Fox Across America with your pal Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy's off today. He'll be on with Hannity tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. Great to be with you. And, uh, yeah, let's talk about Title 42. Let's talk about what a disaster this will be if we end it. Tom Holman is the former acting ICE director, visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and a Fox News contributor. Hey, Tom, thanks for making time today. It's great to have you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, even Gavin Newsom is acknowledging that if we end Title 42, it's going to be an absolute disaster for this country. Well, it's going to be. I mean, Title 42 just isn't about more illegal immigration. The, the, the downstream effects of that, when there's more illegal it's Border Patrol is already overwhelmed, right, to the point where 70 to 80 percent of agents are no longer on the line because they're busy processing all these groups. Now, when, that, when those groups increase after Title 42 ends, that means more Border Patrol agents are off the line, even more than currently off the line. And what's that result in? That results in more fentanyl coming across that gets away. It results in more human uh, in, in sex trafficking with women and children. It results in more criminals getting across the border, people that don't want to turn themselves in because they don't want to be vetted. It's going to result in more non-suspected terrorists trying to get in this country. This is not good news for America. This this this. This uh, crisis that's going to get a hell of a lot worse in a few days is just going to, the downstream effects are dangerous. More Americans are going to die, more immigrants are going to die, and it's just uh, it's, it's all downside. There's, if this administration, if they're really concerned about Title 42 and the secretary says it's going to cause a, a crisis and we we're, you know we got a plan, if they really want to address this, then fire back up, remain in Mexico across the board, and that will give the board some relief. But they're not going to do that because they want open borders. And help help us understand exactly what Title 42 is, because we hear about it and we understand that it, it, it's a way that we can keep people out. But but what does it literally do and, and what happens if it's taken away? Title 42 is something that uh, it's under uh, Center of Disease Control. Matter of fact, this idea actually came from Trump administration. I actually when I gave it to him because I was aware of this uh, as part of the Immigration Nationality Act. There are certain laws that you can close down immigration during pandemics. So, so disease doesn't come across this, uh, come across the border. So, when we were at the height of COVID, uh, this is one of the ideas that President Trump took and ran with. You know, we, we were dealing with COVID here. We had thousands of people dying, so we shut down all, you know, uh, immigration across the board to, to try to contain that and not have any more cases come across the border. Now, the, the, as you know, uh, the, the, the recent cases of COVID are on the rise right now, and I think they could easily justify keeping it in place, but the CDC says no. And, you know, they, they think we're over COVID, which is fine. That's a, that's the stance they want to take. Because, again, if this administration wanted to help the border patrol out and secure this border, they would at least re-implement the Remain in Mexico program, which is another Trump policy, where people can still claim asylum, but they have to wait in Mexico until they're hearing. You know, so it was. there's no downside on that as far as I'm concerned. But, again, this administration don't want people sitting in Mexico. They want people in the United States. And when they look at Title 42, what I'm hearing is going to happen my sources, they're going to simply process all these people in Mexico, give them a document, come come through the ports of entry, uh, as, as, and they're going to allow them in the United States. So then my orchestra the following day can take a bow and say, look, illegal immigration is down. Illegal immigration will be down because of one reason, because he's legalized them in Mexico. Yeah, Tom Holman, I mean, this point about 
we're not in a pandemic anymore. I mean, at, at the very same time they're saying this, they're telling everybody, you better mask up again. You got the, the, the triple, the flu, the RSV, COVID, get your booster shots, blah, blah, blah. Fauci says we're still in a pandemic. The administration's suing to uh, enable student loan debt to be paid off under the argument that we're in a pandemic. So, you know, this is an administration once again trying to have it both ways. They want everybody to think we're in a pandemic so they can control everything, except when it comes to the border. That's the only place we apparently are no longer in a pandemic. Andy, I'm with you 100%. Not only that, you can you can't get on an airplane, you better show some a valid ID. And then we got the, you know, in that illegal alien, you want to get an airplane, you don't have to show an ID. You got to show the warrant of arrest that was given to you by Border Patrol. So they're creating a whole different set of rules for illegal immigrants. Just like, you know, I took a beating for the zero tolerance and family separation, right? I said, as a cop in New York, I separated families every day. If I arrest a father for domestic violence or a, a parent had a child in car DUI, law enforcement separates families every day across this country thousands of times. But when we did it during zero tolerance, that was a no-no. We can't prosecute illegal aliens separate from their families. They want a different set of rules. So it's nonstop, and I'm with you. But listen, COVID isn't the only disease coming across that border. TB comes across that border every single day. Measles, chickenpox. We had a case of TB when I was a director. It was unrecognizable. We, ne- we never saw the strain before. We worked with the CDC and the Texas Department of, uh, of Health trying to come to some sort of cocktail to treat this man. We had him in custody eight months trying to figure out how to treat him. Now, figure if that person would have got into our community. So COVID is just one of many diseases come across that border. They can certainly justify Title 42 if they wanted to. Yeah, Tom Holman's with me, former acting ICE director, visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation, and, of course, a Fox News contributor. Uh, great to have him here today. Now, the other thing, too, is I was shocked when I read the piece in the Washington Post about fentanyl and shocked that the Washington Post was acknowledging how this crisis is directly being fueled by Mexican drug cartels who are smuggling fentanyl across the southern border, setting up shop in Airbnbs in Southern California, and then distributing fentanyl all across the country. Yeah, that's what I mentioned during our, our first part of our interview today, that when you overwhelm the Border Patrol to the point that 70 80% are off the line, the cartels take advantage of that, and that's when they move the fentanyl across the border because they know they're not going to be seized. Look, it, it, the bottom line is it's not a coincidence that, 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 that during the last two years of record illegal migration that's over uh, that overwhelmed the Border Patrol, you've got record numbers of fentanyl overdose deaths in this country. The DEA is on record, 95% of the fentanyl in this country comes from Mexico. So when you take agents off the line, they take advantage. The cartels, numerous intel reports say the cartels will push a group of 100, 200, 300 to, to a certain section of the border, knowing that the border patrol will all swamp there to deal with that humanitarian crisis. When they do that, they leave other parts of the border empty, and that's where they move. Yeah, and, and control our southern border. And this is why it affects everybody. I mean, we're getting two more uh, busloads of migrants in Philadelphia uh, tomorrow. But uh, Philadelphia is the is the fentanyl capital of, of of the country right now in so many respects. You got open air drug markets in Kensington. I mean, this crisis of fentanyl is affecting uh, almost everybody in America knows somebody who's been affected by the fentanyl crisis. And here you have the Washington Post finally acknowledging what we all know, which is that this is a crisis at the southern border. I mean, if you want to talk about a public health emergency, couldn't the president just declare that a public health emergency and use that to, to keep the border closed or at least heavily regulated? Absolutely. Look, the fentanyl has killed more Americans than, than uh, ISIS or any other terrorist groups. 
uh, they ought to call these criminal cartels in Mexico who's pushing the fentanyl across the border. They ought to be designated terrorist groups. And on a second, if we, if we go one step further, what has the president of the United States, what has Joe Biden done to push China to stop supplying the precursors that they, they send to Mexico to the drug cartels? What have we done about China producing these precursors? What has this administration done? Not a damn thing. You know, uh, uh, President Trump, he made America great again. Biden made China great again. He's, he's not pushing back on China on. That, that would, that's where he should start. Demand China stop producing these, uh, these uh, precursors. Demand they stop dealing with the Mexican criminal cartels that we know based on numerous intel reports. The criminal cartels go to China, they make the deals, and they get smuggled into Mexico. Yeah, and that's and that's a key point right there because uh, you know the, the Washington Post was trying to criticize the Trump administration for putting such emphasis on China over over the years and the years that you were there, for example. But but what you just said is so critical here. China is is bringing the supply over to Mexico. They they they're not going to bring it to our ports. They'll bring it to Mexico. They're unloading it there, and that's where they're putting it together. And then the cartels are smuggling across the border. It's a, it's a one two punch here. China is knowingly poisoning this country. They are trying to destroy this country. And look, we got over 100,000 deaths in fentanyl already. It's going to get worse. Now they're starting to make fentanyl look like candy to protect our, our, our youngest population. This is, this is a national security issue that this administration is ignoring. When's the last time you heard Biden say anything about fentanyl? This needs to be addressed. And the border issue, if we can secure the border, it'll make it a lot harder if that fentanyl come across the border. They're seizing record amounts. So can you imagine how many how, how many how much fentanyl is coming across the border is not being seized when he got seven out of ten border patrol agents pulled from the line, no longer patrolling the border? What's the morale like for the border patrol agents, Tom? There's no morale. It's, it's in the toilet. I talked to hundreds of them. Matter of fact, about two months ago, I was down in Brooks County, Texas. I was coming through a checkpoint with, with our production team, and the guy in the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the lane recognized me. He asked me to go into the station. It was during shift change. He said, would you go into the station, talk to the guys, man, and kind of pep them up, but they'll love to see you. I went in there and talked to me. I was 60, 70 guys. And the, the morale is it's non-existent. They feel like they've been abandoned by the president. They feel like they've been abandoned by the secretary, who just to this day will say the border is secure. And I just told him, I said, look, guys, just hang on, hang on. You know, this country got you back in two years. We'll get you back to work, and we'll do the right thing. Just a pendulum swings right and left, but I've never seen a pendulum swing so far to the left that it's, it's, it's just off the table. What this administration has done is open the borders up, then they crippled ICE, so ICE can't do interior enforcement. So this is, this is, this is warfare. I mean, what's happened in this country that with the illegal immigration and the fentanyl and the sex trafficking of women and children at all-time high. Look, 200, 250,000 children have come across that border alone in the last two years. And our government, who released them to so-called sponsors, they can't find over 40 percent of them. Over 40 percent of them they can't locate. That's just scared the hell out of all of us. Tom Holman, former acting ICE director and visiting fellow at the Heritage Foundation and, of course, a Fox News contributor. Thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. And not only when you think about how bad it's going to get when Title 42 goes away, too, when you think about the fentanyl thing. Oh, by the way, there's an update on a couple things I wanted to mention. According to uh, New York Post, the National Archives is set to release more files on the JFK assassination. I to this, I still can't believe they haven't released all the files on the JFK assassination. They're still holding back on this. They're not going to release everything, but they're going to release more files. A, a trove of Previously classified documents will be released later today, including sensitive records pertaining to Lee Harvey Oswald. 
This is supposed to be the most significant dump of documents since former President Trump ordered thousands of documents to be released in 2017. But some documents were held back because of national security concerns. And now this big dump that's going to happen later today, we don't know exactly what it's going to be, but the John F. Kennedy Assassination Records Collection Act signed by former President George H.W. Bush in 1992 required that records relating to the assassination be made available in 25 years. Now, apparently, don't expect any bombshells. The new tranche, nah, it notes that, uh, let's see, I'm trying to say, the official is so political that the new tranche of information contains no bombshells. Nothing that discounts Oswald as the shooter and nothing related to the CIA or anything. But we'll be of interest to researchers and historians delving into the details. Some of the more intriguing documents scheduled to be released cover the personality files that the intelligence community compiled on Oswald before the assassination and what it learned about him afterward. Interesting that they would compile that before the assassination. Hmm? It's kind of strange. The file on Oswald was created in 1960. Hmm. Interesting. The existence of the records raises the possibility that the CIA was aware of Oswald and the threat he might pose to Kennedy long before that day in Dallas. Hmm. In all, the archives hold approximately 5 million pages of records dealing with the Kennedy assassination, the vast majority of which has been released to the public. But not all of it. Not all of it. Just letting you know. All right, this is Fox Across America. we got a lot more to come. We're just getting warmed up. Don't go away. The show that loves you like a sibling. We'll always be brothers. It's Fox Across America with brother Jimmy Fallon. Fox Across America with your radio pal, Jimmy Fela. Jimmy will be on Hannity tonight. And, of course, he's a ratings bonanza. No, he really is. So uh, that'll be great numbers for Hannity tonight. But it's great to be with you this afternoon. And if you want to just keep listening, I'll start my show in Philly at 3. So <laughs> feel free, if you like, to tune in. But I wanted to share this with you. You know, I have friends who are parents because I'm a parent. I've got three kids. I've got an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And my... Every day of my life seems to be involving something about education and kids, and we talk about it, and I have friends who are parents, and we talk about it. We talk about all these things, and we're all worried. We we really are. We're all worried about the curriculum. We're all worried about the next thing they might want to pull when it comes to COVID. There is a real sense of anxiety that's out there among parents who have kids in public schools. And our kids go to a great school. I mean, it's a fantastic school, and I think it has tremendous values. But unfortunately, like everything else, it's controlled by Democrats in the state house of a blue state of New Jersey who make rules. And this happens across the country, and, you know, this is one of those things. Well, this is a story that I think many parents will be very anxious about. You remember the uh, that, that wacko, non-binary Biden nuclear waste official, Sam Britton? The, the luggage stealer, this, this, this cat is a, is a klepto, a luggage, women's luggage. He stole on multiple occasions women's bags. Well, he's now been fired, but they, they've been fired. I don't want to mispronoun him. But Sam Britton, the non-binary former federal government official who is now facing the possibility of significant prison time for being a women's luggage kleptomaniac, played a key role in developing a model school policy adopted in multiple states that instructs school districts to keep, quote, unaffirming parents in the dark 
about a potentially suicidal child's gender identity or sexual orientation. So think about this now. This child might be suicidal, but you as the parents will be kept in the dark about the reason why. Because to people like Sam Britton and the left, they think the reason why is because you're not giving them gender-affirming care. You're not affirming, and you're making them suicidal. And if you would just let them mutilate their bodies and take drugs to interfere with science and nature, they'd be happy. Yay! Except that's not true, and you know it's not true. Because if we could get to the bottom of what's driving them to believe— that the answer to their woes is changing their gender, which, of course, you can't change, we could probably help them. If we could interject psychology in this, we could probably help these children. But instead, you're told that the reason why they are depressed or suicidal or anything else is because you're not giving them gender-affirming care. You won't let them chop their boobies off. So it's on you. So this policy that Britain put out would and this is again this is this is education policy and he was in charge of advocacy and government affairs at the LGBTQ youth suicide prevention nonprofit project and he cheered this model policy at the time saying it's imperative for school suicide prevention policies to be LGBTQ compliant now notice what they do and this is the game they play there are kids who are gay they equate them with transgender this is this is the game dave Chappelle made a whole bit about it and it's excellent you got to watch it if you haven't watched it and they equate this and then so what happens is if if you have a kid who's gay and next to him is a kid who wants to mutilate their body and take all kinds of drugs that will drastically change who they are and the rest of their life and affect science that's apparently the same thing that's on level playing field you see how bizarre that is how, how wicked that is. And if you as a parent don't want your kid mutilated, it's the same as you as a parent not accepting your gay child. And that's ridiculous. Of course, it's two completely different things. But they equate the two and say that because you don't want your kid to chop their boobies off, you're the problem. And you should be kept in the dark about your child's suicidal thoughts. Crazy stuff. Talk to Dr. Nicole Sapphire about that in the next hour, among other things. Oh, yes, we got a big 2 o'clock hour straight ahead. It's Rich Zioli in for Jimmy Fallon. It's Fox Across America. We're glad you're here. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Indeed it is. What is it? Thursday. It's a Friday Eve. Happy Friday Eve here on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. Jimmy, of course, is off today. And it's me, Jimmy's radio buddy, Rich Zioli from WPHD in Philadelphia. And, of course, you're Jimmy's radio buddy. So that makes us radio buddies. And thank you for listening. I appreciate it very, very much. And since you are missing Jimmy, of course you are. How could you not? Uh, he'll be on Hannity tonight at 8 at, uh, yes, Hannity tonight. But the number for you to call right now is 888-788-9910. 888-788-9910. Sorry, I was getting distracted for a moment, but I'm going to put my phone down for the good of this program, my sanity, and yours. I wanted to share this story with you, by the way. This insane study that came out actually claims unvaccinated drivers are more likely to cause car accidents. Yes. So if you are listening right now and you're unvaccinated, 
you are more likely to cause car accidents. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, why? Is it because the mRNA vaccine somehow can control the movements of the car and control the, you know, because the, no, it's actually not about the vaccine itself. It's actually the character of the unvaccinated. That's the theory. That because you're such a horrible person who neglects basic safety, you probably neglect basic road safety guidelines as well. In other words, never let an unvaccinated person drive your children because that could be a disaster, no matter how much you may love them. And even if it's unrequited, don't let them do it. A new study published in the American Journal of Medicine claims that the unvaccinated are 72% more likely to be involved in a severe motor vehicle accident that results in one or more people being taken to the hospital compared to their vaccinated counterparts. This is the dumbest thing I've ever read in my life, and I've read a lot of very dumb things. The study was conducted by Canadian researchers, which may be the problem. Because Canada's nuts. Canada's nuts. I mean, they're all in on assisted suicide to the point right now that if you go for a toothache, they try to talk you into ending your own life versus having a root canal. Because, I mean, root canal can be painful and, you know, they can make the assisted suicide very, very painless for you. So, you know, quick transition right there. And this is the American Journal of Medicine. I mean, this is, to show you what frauds these people are, because, again, the same American Journal of Medicine, it's like the American Academy of Pediatrics, they're all in on the transgender stuff. They're all in on this whole gender-affirming care. These people are frauds who are not independent in any way, shape, or form. They do the bidding of Big, big Pharma. They do the bidding of Fauci. Excuse me. Uh, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor. You always have to say that by law. I don't want to get in trouble here. Canadian researchers who looked at encrypted government-held data of, 100, uh, of 11 million adults. Encrypted government-held data. That alone should make you scared that they have this kind of data on us. I think about it all the time. We are so tracked and monitored in this day and age. Like when I started my radio career, it was back in 2010-ish, you know, and it was a dream, wanted to do it, never had any radio experience before, started coming on WPHD in Philly, would do nights, weekends, holidays, whenever they would have me. I mean, literally any shift I could get. But I would talk a lot about all of this NSA spying that was going on, the metadata gathering, you know, all the stuff that Snowden exposed. And I kept saying at the time, it seems to me like we're giving up a lot of the Fourth Amendment, a lot of the Fifth Amendment, a lot of the Sixth Amendment here, all under this Faustian bargain with the government to please keep us safe from terrorists. And I would have people call up and they'd say to me, Rich, what, 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 what do you want, people to die? How many of them blown up by a terrorist? The government's trying to protect you. And I would say by spying on me, by collecting my emails, by listening to my phone calls, they're not listening. If you haven't done anything wrong, you have nothing to fear. Well, fast forward to now, where I think you can see clearly that I was right when I made that warning, because my Zioli axiom at the time was, anytime you sacrifice your liberty and give the government power under the guise of keeping you safe, they will take that power, weaponize it, and use it for political purposes. That is the truth. That is what happens. And we see it all the time. We saw it in 2016 with Trump's campaign, with the FISA warrants, the FISA court. We saw it in 2020. We see it now how the FBI was working directly with social media companies. Think about the Hunter Biden laptop for a moment, right? Think about what that means. The FBI had the laptop in its possession. They knew it was real, yet they were telling the 
big tech companies to expect Russian disinformation in October of 2020. They set the stage for when Miranda Devine would write the New York Post story about the Hunter Biden laptop for that to be the Russian disinformation. So the big tech companies could turn around and go, oh, oh, right. Yes. So let's control that. And you know that they were happy to do the bidding of the Democrats anyway. But the FBI was engaged in politics there. The FBI was engaged in politics in 2016. The NSA was. The CIA was. The FISA court. All of these various agencies who are there to protect us and keep us safe. Yes. They have now become political actors. And I always say, and I know this is going to sound a little crazy, but I think we're all mature enough. Some of us are. And you know who I'm talking about if I mention you. But mature enough to appreciate this. We are living in a police state in this country. That's not hyperbole. It's really not. I know it sounds like it is. Like, come on. You're saying, Jimmy, you have your buddy Zioli on, and he comes and he says crazy things. This is outlandish things. No, I was a, uh, when I was in college, I remember taking this political philosophy class, and it was great. Learned about all kinds of things, read all these great books. Uh, and one of the things we talked about was, was what really is a police state. Now, we looked at the Stasi, for example, in East Germany. We looked at the Gestapo. We read about all these various secret police forces and the various dictators around the world who use them. And, and the, the thread that runs through them. Some were more violent than others, and their tactics were all despicable. But the key that unites all of them is that they use their law enforcement powers to affect politics, whether it is to spy on their enemies or whether it's to silence the people, whether it's to help the party in power win, whatever it is. They're not there to protect the people. They're there to protect and effectuate political change. That's their job. That's what they do. And we are at that point in the United States of America. You know, the FBI purposely briefing big tech about Russian disinformation about the Hunter Biden laptop when they knew it was real and they knew it wasn't hacked and they knew it was on there shows you exactly what I mean. Exactly what I mean by that. And take COVID, for example. I mean, the the other big reveal in the Twitter files and everything we learned about that is that they were also doing the bidding of Fauci, Big Pharma and all these others so that they would silence you if the government wanted them to, because you were disagreeing with something the government said. I'll talk to Nicole Sapphire about this, Dr. Sapphire, but, you know, she's been very outspoken about this myocarditis issue. She was outspoken about it. One of the first people to do so. And they came after her. There were people who were warning about this and they were banned from Twitter, taken down from Facebook. Why? Because the government agencies were colluding with big tech to silence people. And these journals, Journal of American Medicine and Pediatrics, they're, they, they're there just to do the bidding as well. Let's be honest. They're there to do the bidding of Big Pharma, the FDA, the CDC, this revolving door. You know, you go to work in the FDA, go to work in the CDC, you, know, you make a decent salary, you get all the federal bennies, but you can cash in, baby, and you can go work at Big Pharma. There's a great uh, Hulu series called Dope Sick, all about this and the opioid epidemic and how, you know, the FDA, uh, they just basically greenlit Oxycontin back then. And then even as stories came out that it was addictive, they just ignored it because they would go to work there. I mean, they, Purdue Farmer would hire all these people and pay them boatloads of cash. So they didn't want to risk that. Who was Twitter hiring? FBI people. The guy, James Baker, who was the counsel who Elon Musk fired, he was the FBI general counsel. He brought all these FBI people over with him. So the whole thing stinks to high heaven. 
But back to these unvaccinated drivers. They're more likely to crash their cars than those with sleep apnea, though not as likely as those who abuse alcohol. What if you're unvaccinated and you're drunk? Does it, does it, do the two, does it cancel the other one out? I just have to ask that question. Uh, they write that the excess risk might be unvaccinated dri- by unvaccinated drivers exceeds the safety gains from modern automobile engineering advances and also imposed, imposes risk on other road users. They theorize that it's nothing to do with the actual vaccine itself. But rather, it's the character of the unvaccinated, meaning that people who resist vaccines may also neglect basic road safety guidelines. And I bet you they probably don't floss. (laughs) Fortuneless reasons such as distrust of the government. Wow. Imagine that. We might distrust the government. A belief in freedom. Um. Misconceptions of daily risks, faith in natural protection, uh, antipathy towards regulation, poverty, misinformation, a lack of resources and personal beliefs as potential reasons proposed by the authors. The authors write that the findings are so significant that it could have an impact on insurance policies for the unvaccinated. Ding, ding, ding. What do I always tell you? I always say follow the money. It's all about the fazools. Follow the money. Fazul's is Benjamin's cash for you, for the Metagons in the audience, you know, the non-Italians. But for all the Fazul's, it's all about the money. So if insurance companies can turn around and charge a premium or your employer could charge a premium. Remember, they got rid of the vaccine mandates, thank God. But for a lot of companies, they still want you to be vaccinated. So they've come up with crazy policies like you can't come back to the office, and they, but they actually need you back. So what they could do, it's like if you smoke, they charge a surcharge. It'll be if you're unvaccinated, we're going to charge an auto insurance uh, surcharge on you. Or we'll charge a health care surcharge on you because you're also probably a dangerous person. You might even sky, uh, skydive. I went skydiving once. It was fantastic, by the way. It was great. Highly recommend it. You might uh, you might go on boats. You might water ski. You might swim with sharks. You might do really dangerous things. It's so dumb. It really is. It's so dumb. But it's just another effort to just completely malign people who have made a decision about their body. And I thought it was my body, my choice. I thought I I, I heard that somewhere. But you're scum, and don't get on the road. And I I mean, I'd rather be next to a a drunk driver who's texting while asleep with his sleep apnea headgear on than next to you, you unvaccinated heathen. Unbelievable. Like I said, the dumbest thing I've read all day, and I've read a lot of dumb things. Yes, indeed. Uh, The number, 888-788-9910, 888-788-9910. It's Fox Across America. With me, Rich Ziolian, for our radio buddy, Jimmy Fela, coming right back. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fela. He is one of those iconic figures that fans care about. Fox Across America, thanks for being here today. And... I'm very excited to welcome Dr. Nicole Sapphire in the next segment, so make sure you stay tuned for that. Uh, If you like the show, you can keep listening, because I start my show in Philly at 3 o'clock, and I'm on till 7. So it's seven straight hours today, baby. That's the way we work. It's how we roll here. It's how we roll. And it's why Jimmy Fallon calls me up last night at 1030 at night and says, hey, 
I'm going to do a little radio today. I'm like, listen, I'm on for four hours. Why not be on for seven? Right? But it's great to be with you. I appreciate it very, very much. And it's great to welcome Chris from Tyler, Texas, to Fox Across America. Chris, how are you? Hey, Substitute Jimmy. I'm doing well. How are you? <laughs> Thank you, sir. So the uh, Canadian study, did they include people who didn't get the vaccination because they had natural immunity from having COVID? Great question. Yes. I mean, are those people accident prone too, or did they just kind of sweep that under the rug? It's a great question. Do they, what about if you're vaccinated, but you only got one booster, not the 17 boosters they've recommended since? Are you, are you also a careless driver? I'd like to know that too. Yeah. They they probably only put one person in the hospital in those wrecks. (laughs) So I, I was thinking about this and of course I don't know the Gestapo tactics of Canada, but were there police police all forced to receive the vaccine? Oh yes. Let's face it, police police put a lot of time on the road and we are prone to have crashes every now and then. Um, but I know in this state, uh, we were not so much forced to get the vaccine as in some of the bluer states and of course I think Canada probably you know, yes. at the point of a gun got theirs. Trudeau was a madman. That guy was a tyrant. He was forcing everybody to get vaccinated, even to the point of, remember, truck drivers. Remember that that whole issue with the truck drivers and the convoy and the truckers fighting for their freedom? And you remember how the media destroyed these people for just wanting bodily autonomy? Who who are they going to infect sitting in their truck all by themselves? (laughs) Well, I mean, somebody they meet at the roadside truck stop, obviously, Chris. There's a lot of other things they can pick up doing that. <laughs> hey, I just got word they're actually uh, going to replace crash test dummies with unvaccinated people. So there you go. Well, I, I got my vaccination for the protection of my family, but I agree with people's rights not to have to do that. Well, good for you, sir. I'm glad to hear you say that because all we want is freedom, the freedom to choose. It's all we ask for in this country, right? Hey, Chris, thank you for calling Fox Across America, my friend. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. You know, Jimmy today was on with uh, Harris Faulkner, and he took a shot at uh, a movie that I consistently take shots at all the time, which is Love Actually. And I have to tell you that that movie is one of the most irritating Christmas movies that's ever been made. And there is not a single guy out there who likes it. Here's a test. If you want to know if a guy is actually trying to impress a woman, he will pretend like he likes love actually. Because you're never going to find a married man or a guy who's been dating a woman for a long time who wants to sit through that. But, you know, early on, you're first in love or something like this. And she's like, oh, you want to watch love actually? You're like, oh, do I? Yes. Love this movie. You're trying to show her your sensitive side or something like this. But... One of the most painful things they can do to prisoners at Guantanamo Bay is actually make them watch Love Actually. It's true. And part of the reason why Canada is using assisted suicide, they're making people watch that movie and then they just take their own life. It's that it's just that bad from a guy's perspective. I know women love it, but I just we watched with the kids recently. The Santa Claus with Tim Allen. I'm a huge Tim Allen fan. And then I was shocked by this, but Disney did a follow-up to that called The Santa Clauses. And it's actually, believe it or not, and I know because it's Disney, and I'm shocked to say this to you, it was actually very pro-family. 
I really liked it. I love Tim Allen. But, they, you know, they canceled him because Tim Allen makes a lot of jokes that the left doesn't like. And he's a pretty conservative guy. And he made a joke one time. He said, if I'm pansexual, does that mean I'm attracted to frying pans? Which is a great joke. And it's very it's, it's also an interesting point. But they canceled him, if you remember. He was supposed to for years. He was Buzz Lightyear. And then they took him out and replaced him with Chris Evans, who's literally the wokest actor in Hollywood besides Mark Ruffalo, who plays the Hulk, and the two of them are in the Avengers movies together. Ruffalo is always out there with climate change, whining about climate change. I think he he might uh, tape himself to buildings and things like that. But anyway, I'm glad to see Tim Allen back because he's a, he's a national treasure, that guy. He's so funny. But still, the war on cancel culture is very, very real. The war on comedy is very real, as you know, and Jimmy talks about all the time. But coming up, Dr. Nicole Sapphire is going to join me. What is the latest with COVID and RSV and the flu and the fear-mongering? You know, she is the author of Panic, so she knows this better than anybody. Plus, I'll ask her about the transgender stuff. It's Fox Cross America with me, Rich Zioli, in for Jimmy Fela. Coming right back. Fox Across America, Jimmy Fail is off today. He will be on Hannity tonight, so tune into that. It's me, Rich Zioli, with you this afternoon, where I host the Afternoon Drive Show on WPHD in Philadelphia. And I'm so excited to welcome back to the show Dr. Nicole Sapphire. She's been on my show in Philly. She's been on with me when I filled it on Fox News Radio. And, of course, she's the author of Panic Attack, playing politics with science in the fight against COVID-19. Dr. Sapphire, how are you today? Hey, hey, happy to be on with you. What a bonus surprise that you're on. Listen, I mean, this is an honor to be here. Don't tell Jimmy. (laughs) Fair enough. It's it's our secret. Hey, before I get into the real stuff, I got to ask you, how did the pasta fazool turn out? Oh, man, it was so good. You must follow me on Instagram. I do. I do. And, of course, Twitter as well. And I saw that you tweeted out you were making yummy pasta fazool. Pasta fazool is a big deal in the Zioli house. So we take it very seriously. Well, I imagine, seeing as your name sounds very similar to the name of the actual meal. But I can tell you, it is one of those. So, first of all, my father sings a song. He always goes, la-da-da-da-da, pasta vazool. Like, you will find him always walking through the house singing that. Um, But it's such a great cold weather treat for everyone involved. Kids, everyone loves it. So we definitely made it, and I made a lot of extra. So thanks for watching. I like cooking on Instagram. Excellent. Well, listen, we'll we'll follow the cooking show and, you know, maybe we can get you on the food channel. You're already a Fox News contributor, but I think you, you can pretty much do anything. So I want to ask you about what Fauci said regarding Governor DeSantis's vaccine investigation. He he's not happy with the Florida governor, as you know, Dr. Sapphire. <laughs> you know, Dr. Fauci, God bless him. When I retire, Rich, if I could, I, I would hope that I'm not in the hospital for one and not on tv for two like just give me a book and a glass of champagne and get me to the beach asap i mean i thought he retired and all of a sudden now he's like on a media tour again like take a break but so yeah so he's you know he's of course he's not going to be very happy that you have governor DeSantis coming out wanting to look a little bit closer into you know what these mandates did and you know the congress in general is going to look even closer at dr fauci specifically Now, here's the thing. We have to remember when we're talking about the vaccines and kind of everything that a lot of things that happened during COVID in terms of the testing and the treatments and the vaccines, 
all in all, especially with those who are higher risk, who are elderly, they certainly did decrease severe illness in a lot of people. But the problem is when you vaccinate en masse the way that they happen, we had, a, we had I think, almost 13 billion doses of this mRNA vaccine given, you will see some side effects. You will see some severe side effects. And as we have learned, there have been thousands, over thousands of reported side effects, and there have been some fatalities associated. To be honest, you do expect some of that, but you certainly expect a critical look into if there's a certain population that are more at risk for those severe outcomes. And unfortunately, what did not happen, you weren't allowed to talk about it. They were wrong in the fact that there was no transparency. You couldn't talk about these side effects, and you couldn't talk about or even ask questions about the people who died following the vaccination. All you had were these bobbleheads, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Walensky, the director of the CDC, who continued to say the side effect profile is low, it's very rare, and the vaccines save lives. And you even had Drs. Walensky and Fauci coming out saying the risk of myocarditis, that's that heart inflammation, was higher from COVID than following the vaccines. And why I find that to be a very dishonest and wrong statement, first of all, it is true. If you are looking at the population as a whole, the risk of myocarditis is exceedingly, extremely low. But if you start looking at who's getting the heart inflammation, those under the age of 40, even the same studies that they cite say under 40, specifically healthy young men have a higher rate of heart inflammation and possibly death after the vaccine than COVID. So the fact that they only kept saying these generalized terms was very dishonest to the American public. And then they continued to universally recommend them, even without data and even with known risk. And that is why they need to be looked into and potentially hold liable. Yeah, well said. Bravo. Well, well said, Dr. Sapphire. And, you know, I remember when you would come on my show in Philly and we talk about this, too, you would say, and I, I, I so respected you saying it, that the FDA and the CDC in this country, they are in the the pocket of big pharma. I mean, they're, they, they are not regulatory agencies. They are doing the bidding of big pharma. And you were warning us about this. And I don't think anything has changed. I think it's gotten worse. You know, it's interesting. You had President Biden a few months ago. Through his Inflation Reduction Act, there was um, a change in it where Medicare was no longer going to cover a certain Alzheimer's medication. And because of that, they were going to decrease the price on insulin for Medicare people. And so all of a sudden, President Biden tweets out something along the lines of, like, we had a big win against Big Pharma today. It's like, and all I could remember thinking at the time was, I don't know, Pfizer seems to be doing okay. Thanks right. to the hundreds of millions of doses of vaccines and boosters you continue to buy, and they get thrown out because he bought hundreds of millions of doses of the original mRNA vaccine, and then he bought hundreds of millions of doses of the updated Omicron vaccine. And what did they do with the old vaccine? They just threw it out, threw it out. How many millions of taxpayers' dollars has been wasted because we have given it to Pfizer and Moderna without the data to support it and without the proven benefit at this point? They're continuing to recommend even children get this two-dose vaccine series from an antiquated vaccine that hasn't even proven benefit at this point with Omicron in this younger age group with many of whom who've had COVID at least once, I think it's upward of 94% of kids at this point have already had COVID. 
Yeah, it's insane. And and also, too, I mean, to 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 require this in, in, in any capacity at this point with, with any mandates. But they're, they're still doing horrible things. I, I know you're aware of the situation with that um, young girl who needs a kidney transplant and they, they're denying her that because she's not vaccinated. I mean, that's that's just insane to me. You know, when we talk about organ transplants, we have had very strict rules. We have it in the past, and we still currently do. And there is a reason for that, because if we are giving a life-saving organ to someone, we want to make sure that they have the best chance of receiving that organ, accepting that organ, and it not failing down the road, which is why we test for a lot of different viruses, and we do um, mandate certain vaccines. Now, but here's the issue when it comes to the COVID vaccine. The COVID vaccine does not prevent someone from getting this virus, unlike other vaccines. And at this point, the COVID vaccine doesn't actually decrease the risk of severe infection unless you are twice, triple times boosted, even with the updated booster. So in the organ transplant population, they are really the most high risk. They are extremely immunocompromised. So my recommendation for organ recipients is definitely talk to your transplant team because they probably would be those in that small category that really benefit from repeated boosters. But to deny someone a life-saving organ because of this is ethically wrong, in my opinion. Yeah, well said. Dr. Nicole Sapphire is with me. She is the author, of course, of Panic Attack, Playing Politics with Science in the Fight Against COVID-19. She's a Fox News contributor, and she's a star chef as well. Nobody makes a better pasta fazool than Dr. Nicole Sapphire. Uh, I also wanted to ask you about this. You know, we are watching a lot now in the media about this gender-affirming care. And we hear a lot about this. And, you know, I, I've talked to you about this in the past. I've got three kids. I have an 8-year-old, a 6-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And to hear Joe Biden the other day yelling at the White House about how we need to be, you know, encouraging these children and their doctors and everything else. I, I just I feel like we're losing our mind as a society, doctor. Well, Rich, I mean, I have three boys and I have two male dogs. I mean, at some point, if anybody wants to be a girl in this family, I would I would I could use some more estrogen <laughs> around here. But let's, let's be honest. Just, I mean, my youngest son is eight, and some days he wakes up and he wants to be a Pokemon. That doesn't mean that I'm actually going to go and allow him to become a Pokemon or treat him as though he is a Pikachu and he can shoot lightning from his tail. Because let's right. see, you know, let's keep things in perspective here. My I son wants to be Charizard, so we should get these boys together. Oh, nice. Listen, at the end of the day, all we want to do is make sure that our children are able to grow up in a very loving and supportive family. Um, one of the biggest concerns that I have when we're talking about gender-affirming surgeries and the transitions is uh, you're talking about children who are, who are pre-pubertal th through puberty. And this is when a very critical time when they are going through a lot of physical, emotional, and mental changes. And that is not the time to make life-changing decisions. I mean, I don't trust them to drive a car, drink alcohol, vote. They can't even sign their own permission slip to go on a field trip. Why am I going to allow them to make some sort of permanent medical decision that is going to affect them for the rest of their life? They need to at least get through their early 20s to where their brain is fully formed. And at that point, that is when we have a conversation 
about what is best for them moving forward and who they want to be as an individual. Most children have no idea what they want to be, and it will continue to evolve as they get older. So while I implore parents to completely accept your child for who they are, do not do anything that is going to alter the course of their life permanently at this age, because the truth is they don't know, and their brain is not formed, and you don't want to do anything that could potentially harm them in the future. I love you. I'm so glad you say that. I really do. And, you know, I talked to my wife about this the other day because she was a tomboy, and she tells me all the time that when she was a little girl, she told her parents all the time she wanted to be a boy. It's just a phase that she went through. And, you know, she says to me all the time, thank thank God they didn't act on that back then. You know what I mean? She was just going through a phase. I was a tomboy, too. I, I still am. I think you see me in pants more than you see me in skirts. But, you know, at the end of the day, I'm proud to be a woman. Hear me roar. <laughs> Dr. Nicole Sapphire, always a pleasure. Panic attack, playing politics with science in the fight against COVID-19. Got to get you back on my show in Philly. We miss you. You let me know. Talk to you soon, Rich. Thank you. And this is Fox Across America. Rich Zeolian for my buddy Jimmy Fela. We got more to say. Don't go away. This thing is going to become gargantuan when the Son of Man comes. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. what you're doing here that's the song from love actually josh mike i know what you're doing i'm on i'm on to you mike oh man that's the mike is that is that the song from love actually it is right it is yes yeah it is yeah yes the fully cleaned version where it gets it on the take yeah (laughs) well done gentlemen well done I appreciate that. The fact now I have now now my I just threw up in my mouth though. That's the only problem with hearing that song. Because I thought of the movie. I'm triggered now, you understand? Triggered. Well, well done. It's been uh fun hanging out with you this afternoon. And thank you for all your help. I appreciate it. And thanks for listening too. We had a lot going on. I will be starting my show in Philadelphia at three o'clock, so Feel free to tune in on the Odyssey app, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. And, of course, Jimmy, like I mentioned, will be on Hannity tonight. And uh, we're all looking forward to that because he always does a great job. And he is, of course, a ratings monster. A uh, couple things I did want to mention, though, before I leave you today on Fox Cross America. Uh, CNN finally discovering the Twitter files, and they're not happy about it. They're not happy about it. They're, they're claiming now that uh, the Twitter files are riling up the right. Yes, this is Poppy Harlow. You didn't watch this. Nobody saw this because nobody watches CNN's morning show for good reason because it's terrible. Uh, cut 32. With the so-called Twitter files, Elon Musk has claimed he wants to bring transparency to Twitter. And, well, it's not totally what's happening. But cue the birth of the Twitter files. Let me tell you more. Musk selected a handful of journalists unaffiliated with major credible news organizations with whom he has shared internal Twitter systems and communications that seem to focus on some of Twitter's most high profile and sometimes controversial content moderation decisions. These files, which the selected journalists then tweet out, appear to call into question the integrity of the company's former leadership while also riling up Twitter's right leaning, some of them right leaning users. 
Yeah, imagine the right, uh, right-leaning users. Oliver Darcy, and I, I was always wondering why Oliver Darcy did not get fired from CNN because I was, it was one of those things I just couldn't understand. But I, I think I understand now because he's, as usual, defending the Biden administration, defending the FBI, uh, doing all the things you would expect from a CNN talking head, cut 33. The Twitter files, though, they, they really showed the, I think, messy content moderation uh, that was happening behind the scenes. And I think we're seeing... Um, and it's probably no surprise, but we're seeing that not everyone agrees is on the same page when they're making these complex decisions. I will say on this specific uh, Twitter files drop, I thought what was really noteworthy was that Elon Musk's handpicked reporter, Matt Taibbi, said that there was no evidence of government involvement in trying to suppress uh, this story. And that was a big claim that Elon Musk had made earlier when he was hyping these Twitter files. I think that's very important to point mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Don't you love the shot at Matt Taibbi? Elon Musk's hand-picked journalist. You got, you got to love it, right? First of all, there's a lot of evidence that the feds suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop story. What Matt Taibbi was referring to was he hadn't seen it yet because he hadn't gone through all the files yet. Oliver Darcy and CNN continued, and um, so they don't they, they downplay the the Twitter files. They basically argue she's doing nothing but firing up the right. They whine, but then they also whine about the fact that they weren't given the files to review. Cut thirty four. The Twitter files. I mean, more transparency is great. I think Donnie and I would have loved to receive a cache of files exposing or revealing our email. Oh, I bet you there. would. Yeah, we would. Slide into our DMs, Elon, <laughs> with the files, please. I think the problem here, though, is that Elon Musk is effectively serving as a gatekeeper for this information. He is not giving it to newsrooms. He That's is true. giving it to handpicked journalists who are then agreeing to the condition, at least one condition of. Uh, tweeting out the files instead of posting my news stories. So I, I think that's, that's not the spirit of free speech. No. No, and okay. no, that's not the spirit of free speech. You have to give it to us at CNN so nobody will hear about it and learn about it because nobody watches CNN. That's not the spirit of free speech. Come on. Give me a break. You know, Twitter broke its own rules to ban Donald Trump, and they kept other world leaders who incited violence on their platform. Do you know that there was this piece that Michael Schellenberger wrote about this? And I don't have time to get into it now, but the the key point here that you have to remember something is that some of the worst people in the world, like the Ayatollah Khomeini, were allowed to remain on Twitter, even though he tweeted that Israel is a malignant, cancerous tumor in the West Asian region that has to be removed and eradicated. And they let that dude stay on Twitter and blocked former the president of the United States at the time from being on Twitter. Think about that. That is the insanity that I'm talking about. All right, listen, thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it very, very much. You can follow me on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And of course, follow Jimmy on Twitter as well at Jimmy Fela. He'll be on Sean Hannity's show tonight and everywhere on Fox News at some point because he's literally on every show, I believe, at every time. And tune in, of course, tomorrow to Fox Across America right here on Fox News Radio. And thanks to, uh, to Mikey and Josh for helping me out. Appreciate it very, very much. It's me, Rich Zioli, your radio buddy, for our radio buddy, Jimmy Fela. It's Fox Across America. Merry Christmas. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season. Hope to see you soon and have a great rest of your day. Thank you for listening. 
Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.